Well, good morning. <clears throat> it's been a while, hasn't it? Too long. It was my privilege and also my pleasure to serve as a pastor of Grace Church for some 17 years. And then in September of 2015, I felt the calling of God to retire, which retirement is really a refiring. It's not a retiring. It's an opportunity to refire and do some things differently that you weren't able to do when you served as pastor of a church. So for you new folks that are here, and there are many, and it's a delight to see so many new faces here. Um, it's good to be back in the pulpit, to be, to be back um, here at home. Chris prayed for the team that's in the Dominican Republic, and it hit me this past week that this church has been responsible to see literally, and I'm not kidding, literally thousands of people come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a remarkable, remarkable record. Of course, Mike Talley's been the one leading the charge, and he, through himself and also through the people on his team have just experienced an incredible, incredible uh, awakening of the gospel to people, some of them who have never heard the gospel in their life. And I'll say it again, it's been a great number, a host, a multitude of people who through this church have come to know our Savior. So we're very, very thankful for Mike, for the team, and for you, the church, to stand behind and support this incredible work. And they'll be finishing up, I believe, Wednesday, coming home, coming home from Dominican Republic. Let's bow for prayer. Father, again, we are thankful that we can rest in our God who is able. You are able for any situation. You are able for anything that we face. You are able for any relationship that may have fallen apart, any disappointment. You are the God that knows everything full well. In your heart, your desire, your passion, really, is for your people to trust you no matter what. And so that's my prayer this morning, is that we would get a better grasp of what it is to cling to that rock-solid God who is reliable for each and every situation in each and every area of our life. Thank you, God, that you've made that promise to us, and now give us grace to grab hold of the message you want us to hear this morning in Christ's name. Amen. Trusting God has become a lost art. We do okay when it comes to, um, to working and studying, planning, yeah, staying busy, worrying and stressing. <laughs> We're off the charts on that one. But trusting? Trusting in the Lord? I wonder. We're learning to cope with our life without much faith in our living God who is totally reliable and trustworthy in every situation. 
But for some reason, we are still struggling to trust him to the full extent of what he desires. If we could claim a motto, as it were, for the remainder of the year 2021, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 might be good. It's a dandy of a verse. Some of you can uh, quote it faster than you can even turn there. These are good words to hear, good words for 2001, but it's also great truth for our life. You've heard it quoted this morning. Let's quote it again. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge or recognize God in each of those ways. And he promises to make your path smooth or straight. Those two verses lay out several things. First, you'll notice there is one command, a personal responsibility, something that we must do. One command. Then it gives us three directives, you might say, or how we are to trust, how we are to follow through on that command. Three directives, and that's followed by one promise. God's responsibility, what he has committed himself to do, as we are faithful to keep the command following through on those directives. One, three, one. Command, directives, and promise. When we trust in the Lord... As we just said, with all of our heart, he unwraps, he uncovers his trustworthiness. So what's the command? Very simple. But it's not that simple. Trust in the Lord. Trust is a picture of lying extended on the ground. Trusting is what you do when you lie on the beach or you're stretching out in bed. Trusting the Lord is stretching yourself out on a God who is 100% reliable. A God who has never yet failed to be trustworthy. A God who is dependable in every situation. So when we trust, we are willing to extend ourselves, stretch ourselves on that reliable God. It's like floating in water. If you try to float, you can't, and that's the problem. If you float, you lie face down or face up, allowing the water to hold you up. You cannot half trust the water and half trust yourself. You'll sink. Floating is releasing yourself to the water to support you. Trusting is releasing yourself to a reliable God who will hold you up. but you've got to let go. 
You've got to do the releasing. When you're scared to death, when you've lost your confidence, when you're waiting to nail down a job, when you're running low on money, when you've just heard from the doctor and their diagnosis is not very good, or when the kids at school make fun of you, those are opportunities for us to let go, to release ourselves to the trustworthiness of our reliable God. A man accidentally fell over a cliff. And as he was falling to his death, he reached out and, and he grabbed hold of a branch, suspended in midair. He cried out to God, God, are you there? And God responded, yes, yes, I'm here. Well, then God, can you save me? And God answered, yes, yes, I can save you. But God, will you save me? And God replied, yes, yes, I will save you. Then God, do it. And God said, let go. It's trusting. It's letting God hold you up, support you when you release. Trusting the Lord is letting go. How do you do that? How do you do that? How do you let go when the situation is bleak? When it's like there are no answers that are forthcoming? How do you let go and trust? That's what the three directives are all about in the next couple of phrases. Three directives. The first, it's to be done entirely, notice, with all of your heart. Your heart is the control center of your life. It includes your mind, which processes written truth that God himself really is trustworthy. It's your mind engaged in trusting. It also includes your emotions, which affect the way that you feel about God's worthiness. Your emotions, your feelings are engaged. But it also includes your will, that ability, that ability to understand the scriptures and also your own life, personal experiences. Mind, your emotions, and your will being engaged entirely in trusting the Lord. That's first. It's the first directive. One day, a young Canadian wanted to cross the St. Lawrence River. And at the time, the river was frozen. 
So he wasn't really sure, how is this river going to support me? How's it going to hold me up? So he gets down on his knees and he begins to crawl on the ice. And he's not sure how thick the ice is. He put out one left hand. And then he put out his left knee. And well, so far, so good. It's holding him up. But then he tried his right hand, followed by his right knee. And again, so far, so good. Soon he hears this thunderous noise behind him. And he wonders, what is that? So he turns around to look, and he sees a team of horses pulling a chariot on the ice. It hit the ice full force, passed him by, and crossed the river. When you trust God... Entirely. It's not a crawl on thin ice. When you trust God entirely, it is a confident, it is a dependable, it is an alive and yet sometimes painful clinging to a rock-solid God. That's trusting. trusting when you face a major disappointment it's trusting when you get up in the morning and say God I have no other resource I have no other plan B you or it and I'm not going to crawl today I will walk depending completely absolutely entirely on you. That's it. This isn't about me today and my situation, whatever that could be. This is all about you. Trusting God entirely with all of our heart is the first directive. But then there's a second. It's to be done exclusively without any self-dependence. Notice that the phrase says, lean not on your own understanding. It doesn't say, don't use your understanding. It says, don't lean on your own understanding. The word lean is used over in Judges chapter 16 and verse 26. It's where blind Samson leaned against the pillars of the Philistine temple. It's used in 2 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 16 where Saul leaned on his spear for support. Leaning on yourself is like trying to walk on crutches. If you've ever walked on crutches, you know what that is like. It's a painful experience. I mean, as you walk on crutches, sweat pours down your face. Your hands turn red and sore. If you climb stairs, you're panting by the time you reach the top. 
It's exhausting. So is leaning on your own understanding. Trying to figure out situations on your own. Exhausting to work things out by yourself. Natural instincts, they're limited. They only tell you so much, but they never give you the full picture of what you're really facing. If you're going to trust the Lord with all of your heart, it's imperative that you not support yourself. You not lean on your own understanding of a situation. What is that like? To not lean on your own understanding? Well, I think it's like the trapeze artist who lets go of the trapeze bar. One writer describes it like this. Listen to what they say. As the flyer is swinging high above the crowd, the moment comes when he lets go of the trapeze, when he arcs out into the air. For that moment, which must feel like an eternity, the flyer is suspended in nothingness. It's too late to reach back for the trapeze. There's no going back now. However, it's too soon to be grasped by the one who will catch him. He cannot accelerate the catch. In that moment, his job is to be as still and as motionless as he can be. The flyer must never try to catch the catcher. He must wait in absolute trust. The catcher will catch him, but he must wait. His job is not to flail about in anxiety. In fact, if he does, it could kill him. His job is to be still, to wait, and to wait is the hardest work of all. We trust God not only entirely with all of our heart, but we trust God exclusively, letting go of our self-dependence. But there's a third. Not just two, but a third one. Trusting the Lord is to be done extensively, acknowledging God in all of your ways. The word acknowledge means to recognize. It means to get all of the bases of your life covered, not only by the presence of God, but the reality of God's resources. Recognizing not only his presence in your daily routine and, and your schedule, but recognizing his strength in your worries, in your anxieties, in your anger. It's accepting his will for your career. It's admitting to his purity in your sexuality, his desire for your marriage, 
his provision for your money, his wisdom in your choice of friends, his comfort in all of your leisure. It's bringing God totally into every aspect of your life. It's like your life is a house or a home and in your house there are different rooms of the house where you live, where you dwell. When you acknowledge God in all of your ways, you're bringing God into each room of your house and you're saying, God, I need you in that area of my life, in that area of my home, in that area of my marriage, whatever it is, God, I recognize, I acknowledge you in your presence and all that you are in that area of my life. Trust in the Lord. Throw yourself back on him entirely, exclusively, extensively, Those are the directives. And then what does God promise? One promise. He will make your path straight. That word straight could also be translated smooth. When we're willing to let go and trust God the way this scripture has told us to do, Something happens with inside of us that we may not be aware of. When we trust him to this full extent, we are giving him the sovereign control of our life. And as we give him that sovereign control, he promises that he will take those rough situations in our life and smooth them out if we're curving around life and not really knowing where we're going, God has promised to give us direction, to give us focus, to give us fulfillment. That's his promise. That's what he will do because we are trusting completely in him. He is our trust. He is able in whatever we are inclined to be involved in. God, we can trust you no matter what. Let me ask you two questions. First, you believe this? Do you really believe this? Do you really believe that he is a trustworthy God? Do you really believe that he is 100% reliable for each situation in your life? Do you really do you really believe that? Second question. Are you living it? one thing to say you believe it it's another to live it if you're not living it you're not believing it to what extent are you living it as you face that um, 
that difficult relationship, the breaking down of a relationship that you had never expected, but all of a sudden the relationship is over, it's gone, and at this time it's like no more. No more in the relationship. Are you really living out the truth of these verses in that broken relationship? What about a major disappointment? Or maybe in a weakened physical condition that you never thought you would face in your life. You're just not as strong. You're not as capable as you once were. Do you really believe this as you accept the fact you're getting older in life? And you're not able to move around like you used to. It's tough getting older. Do you really live this truth living in a new location? You never thought you would be here in this area, but here you are, family and all, and now you're having to accept and to settle in this new location. Are you willing to live by this truth? Or could it be that maybe you're, you're still, still floating by yourself and not allowing the Lord to hold you up? Maybe you're still refusing to let go and let, let God save you from a fall. Or maybe you're still crawling, as it were, on a rock-solid God. Or still holding out to your own self-dependence. Is that where your life is today? Do you really believe this truth? And are you living this truth to the best of your ability? Turn over to Isaiah 41. Isaiah 41, I think, really puts this all into perspective. It's become a familiar verse. It's almost like a life motto. Something that I refer to quite a bit. I want you to see it. Isaiah 41.10. says, do not fear, because I am with you. The God you are trusting in with all of your heart, my friend, is with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. The God that you are trusting in entirely is your God. You belong to him. He belongs to you. He is your God. That's the one you trust with all of your heart. Goes on to say, I will strengthen you. He promises to strengthen us exclusively as we let go of our self-dependence. It may feel like we're hanging on to nothing, just waiting for God to catch us, but the promise is that he will catch us. He will strengthen us. He will. 
Next, he says, says that he will help us. He is the one that will help us extensively as we acknowledge, as we recognize his presence, his resources in all of our life. And last, he says that he will carry us with his righteous right hand. It's his promise. You see, that's the God that we can trust. We can trust fully. Now, that doesn't start tomorrow. That's the truth that begins today, even before you leave this service. The willingness to fall back, to stretch yourself out, to allow God to hold you up, just as you allow water to hold you up if you're floating. Spell for prayer. I think it's always good. It's always good to allow time to sit and reflect and meditate upon the truth we have just heard. We haven't gone long in this message, and that's okay. I just prayed that the Lord would allow himself to speak through me no matter how long the message goes. And I trust that he has done that. But for you, my friend, where are you as it relates to this particular truth? We hear trust and faith and believe so often in our life. And it's become at times humdrum and boring to hear those great Biblical words said, but sometimes we lose the reality. We lose, we lose the spark. Can I say that? We lose the spark of what it is to trust our living God, to trust him completely with all of our heart. I want to give us some time just to sit in silence and bring God into your understanding at this point. To bring him in and say, God, this is something I need to do. Something I need to rest in more than I have rested in it. Please, God, speak. Speak clear me to the areas of my life. Let's take a minute or two between you and God. Father, we're confident that you have heard every cry of our heart. You've heard the pleas. You've heard the requests and the supplication. We pray, God, for a greater reality of simply trusting you as you are. And the way that you want us to trust you not crawling, as it were, on ice. Not hanging on to our own self-dependence. But recognizing you in all things, in all areas of our life. Please, Father, may trusting be preeminent in our life, no matter what we face no matter how bad or bleak the situation, 
May we make a commitment today before we leave that we will trust you. And we will wait to see you take those paths and smooth them out. To remove obstacles. To give direction where direction is needed. To give purpose where purpose is needed. To give fulfillment where fulfillment is needed. We want to trust you in the faithfulness of your promise. Give us grace to do our part because we are confident that you will do your part. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.